Welcome to the Game of Crowdfunding Interview Edition, recorded Wednesday, February 11th, 2015. That's right, it's another interview edition and we are back with another guest, somebody that has a project on Kickstarter right now, one that I am super excited about and we are going to get into that here in just a few minutes. But first of all, who is joining me on Skype tonight? Jeff. Lee. And Kyle from Happy Mitten Games. What? It's, you know, see, now I got to just stop talking because now I feel like I'm listening to the podcast. It's, <laughs> it's like it's in my car again. Now I know how people feel. I've had at least three people come on my podcast and go, I don't feel like I should be talking. I feel like I should just be listening. So now I know how they feel. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, we have nothing planned, so you need to talk. <laughs> no. Fine. <laughs> That's right. We've got the crew from Happy Mitten here tonight to talk with us. And of course, we are going to be talking about Ether Magic and the Kickstarter project that is already launched and doing very well, which is awesome. But before that, as always, we're going to take some time up front, get to know these wonderful people. And uh, we're going to start with, I, I've got at least three warm-up questions that I usually kind of start with. And then after that, we'll just see where the conversation takes us. You guys uh, on board for that? Yes. And the first one that I usually start with is, since you are on the All Us Geeks segment, what makes you a geek? Leandra. What makes you a geek? Go. <laughs> I, I don't know that I can officially be called that. I, You're I a don't. Geek. Go. Am I? I, <laughs> I'm a little weary to say that I am. <laughs> I mean, I, I like board games. I've watched Star Wars a couple times. You're wearing thick rimmed glasses right now. Is that geek or is that more hipster? Uh, <laughs> what's the difference? Is there a fine line between hipster and oh, geek? Yes. Don't, don't tell me I got to get another Venn diagram going. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I like board games and and some sci-fi things, but and video games, I guess is that geeky? Video games I, is fun. That all works. Okay, good. <laughs> and I'm a geek. Yay. Hooray. You know what I did before I came here? What did you do before you came here? I played uh the Pokemon Snap on an N64 ROM on my laptop. <laughs> nice. So that's all I got to say. <laughs> Done. <laughs> mic drop. Boom, mic drop. <laughs> I'm a geek because I noticed your really cool audio equipment and talked to you about it for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that works as well, yes. Which kind of leads me into the next question that I usually follow that up with. And that is, we always talk about on our podcast how you can have a geek level passion for pretty much anything. It's just how passionate you are about it. So do you guys have any geek level passions for something that, say, the typical person would not consider geek related? Mine's not as current, but for several years of my life, as I went into adulthood, I collected Pez dispensers. And so I have currently in the closet behind me about 1,500 different Pez dispensers with the coolest ones as I have two 1970s immediately pulled from the market space guns with reloadable clips that can shoot 10 feet worth about $300 a piece the last time I checked. Boom. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, What am I geek level passionate about? Mm, nothing. <laughs> I don't. I mean, the only things that come to mind, uh, like The Office, 
or oh, yeah. or Parks and Rec. Um, You're very much more The Office. You've watched yeah. every single episode of The Office literally four or five Probably times Probably at least, yeah. I've watched every season multiple, multiple times. I can quote basically any of it. So I think that's like my super geek level. Yeah. Yeah. I will accept that answer. Okay, good. <laughs> I have a bunch of things I can get obsessed over, but probably the most fun one to talk about would be uh, mixed martial arts. I love watching uh, mixed martial arts fights. Loser. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. And then, you know, you guys have Happy Mitten Games, and of course you guys are publishing your first game here. But above and beyond that, what do you guys do professionally? Kyle, why don't you go first? Uh, I'm an accountant. I work uh, at a political consulting firm and my boss has a bunch of different companies that I do the accounting for. And uh, yeah, I specialize in financial statements and credit card processing. I'm sorry. I just fell asleep as Kyle was saying. <laughs> hey now, hey now, this is a safe zone. We we discussed that before you came down. <laughs> Again, it's like Jim in the episode of The Office, like in the first, I think it's in the second episode where he's like, so I sell paper. Um, I can tell you about margin size. And then he's like, I just bored myself as I was talking about this. That's exactly <laughs> what Kyle does. So. Why are you throwing them out? <laughs> Immediately. We, we, we aren't even out of the warm-up questions yet. <laughs> <laughs> On fire. Um, I currently run, co-run Happy Mitten Games, like you said. And then I also have another company that we started in the fall, Come Alive Creative, where we handle all of your creative needs. Um, I handle the web and audio. And then I have some other people that are on my team that do graphic design, like branding and typography, and then um, a couple others that handle a lot of our like copy um, for social media and that type of thing. So we're just sort of a, a catch-all for uh, businesses that need to get on the web and build an image. I am a full-time wife, domestic engineer, and then I also do... It's not really a job. Well, it, I don't know. It's I do sidewalk counseling, but that is a controversial topic. So... We don't have to get into that. Yeah, we can avoid that. Yeah, I, I usually also throw in with that question, you can be as general or specific as you want. Because I know like some people, like for instance, we talked about my job before we started recording, but my job really doesn't want you to say their name. <laughs> so like if I'm asked that in a recording setting, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I work for a medical center and I do IT. <laughs> Yeah. He said he he works for the CIA. (laughs) (laughs) Shh. Medical center. (laughs) You're on a list now. Shoot. And it's short. It's short, Kyle. We got to find a new accountant. (laughs) No, we got to find Liam Neeson. (laughs) Nice. Nice, Paul. (laughs) All right. The side business you have, because one of your clients is. Uh, Richard Bliss for funding the dream, correct? Uh, yes, it is. So that yeah. uh, that that's pretty cool because I know uh, you know he's obviously a podcast that I also listen to along with you guys, Happy Mitten Games. And uh, so when I started hearing Lee's voice at the beginning and uh, the outro there uh, talking about you guys' company, I thought that was pretty cool. Kind of an, another full circle thing. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that worked out well. We actually Jamie Stegmeyer reached out and he's like, hey. Richard needs help with this. And I thought of you. 
would you help him? And then I started uh, talking to Richard about it and it just worked out. So we've been producing Funding the Dream for the past like two months now or so, maybe three. Yeah, it's been, it's, it, like I said, it's pretty cool that that whole uh, inner circle gaming community all helping each other out. And hey, I know, I know those people. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's been fun. It's good. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, watch people's stuff and then you see them in real life. And I don't know, there is kind of a surreal moment, especially when we first got started with this Happy Mitten stuff. We were really geeking out over the guests we were uh, getting on. We, we've been doing it enough now where it's a little bit less so, um, not the respect for the individual, but the kind of the celebrity. Yeah, the fanboy feel of it. Um, but, you know, it is really cool to have a podcast and have an excuse to talk to, you know, so many cool people. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, there it's especially in the gaming industry side of things. It's not like you're used to in, say, like corporate America, right? It's such a everybody. It's not so much competition as it is help and everybody being helpful and trying to help each other out. And you actually kind of get thrown back a little bit if you see somebody or interact with somebody that isn't trying to be helpful but is more trying to be about just themselves and it's actually like the oddity and that's so weird coming from more of a corporate environment and that's one of the things i love about what what we do yeah Yeah. it it was crazy that was something both kyle and i being on the other side and just like studying a lot of business through the process and just looking at how board games in general in this entire industry, for the most part, if I was going to generalize, it's kind of the anomaly where you're going in and people are genuinely uh, grateful and want to help each other. And you see people that technically are business rivals just promoting each other's stuff. And there's a lot of things in that capacity that I think make the industry stand out and has helped it grow over the past couple of years. You've each got your own things going on uh, outside of Happy Mitten. And then, of course, Happy Mitten, you guys all come together. And within Happy Mitten, even, you've got the blog space that you're keeping active and the podcast that you've started. So what helps you guys kind of balance all of that out and, and keep yourself sane? That's a good question. I think it's hard to keep us sane. <laughs> <laughs> we tend, uh, you know, uh, freak out about stuff. It kind of happens in waves, you know, or... We're riding high 99% of the time, but every once in a while, it's one, it's that 1%. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It seems to work out really nice. You know, we do our normal day job. Um, and then we usually meet up after nine o'clock when the kids go to bed. And so we have a couple hours, you know, after work to just kind of chill and not think about anything. And then, you know, it's back to work. But at the same time, we wouldn't want it any other way. Um, you know, just thinking about what we're specifically looking for. Um, it's tough to, I, I guess a lot of people, it's maybe money or, or you're thinking about money um, or money to help your family. So you're really thinking about your family, whatever it is. But, you know, in, in like trying to think about what I'm looking for, um, you know, I'm not going to speak for Jeff really, but uh, it's just to keep myself busy, I guess, um, and take risks. Um, so I actually get a lot of fulfillment out of my work, um, which, you know, it does sound boring, but it's actually pretty (laughs) cool. I could, I could probably uh, do it more justice. Um, if I thought about it (laughs) to describe it, but I do enjoy where I work right now, uh, quite a bit. And then happy Minton is a great deal of fun. And I also run my uncle's lighting, um, website and it's fun to, get sales off that. So I guess I'm looking for 
life experiences in specifically like the business sense. Um, that's what I've been finding enjoyment and satisfaction in over maybe the past year and a half. Yeah. I think for me, a big piece of it is the people like being able to work with Lee and Kyle, uh, because we have sort of beyond friendship type bonds and then like true friendship bonds on top of that. So it's, it's fun. Like that's almost probably the biggest priority is not necessarily what we do, but how we do it um, is something that I've kind of learned throughout this process. While the board game platform makes for a pretty entertaining job, I kind of feel like there's few things, I guess, that I would, I feel like I'd be dissatisfied with depending on the type of people that I'm working with when, and with it being these two guys, it's been really enjoyable. And then from the practical standpoint, it's just continually learning better productivity and routines and and we're very much creatures of habit. And so it's a matter of like breaking bad habits and building good ones um, with the way that I wake up and the types of things that I do first thing in the morning and then how I allot my time and what I plan for the day and kind of what I have now deemed as a successful day working on my own and basically working from home um, and sort of having free reign to work as little or as much as I want to. I've had to learn a lot about that over the past several months and then especially since we went full-time um, self-employed. And so it's been a learning process, but it's been really good. So like Kyle said, there's moments of crazy tension, but I'd say about 80, 85% of the time we're usually pretty balanced and pretty solid. I said 99% of the time. I <laughs> said for me, that was for you. That was for you. Yeah, yeah talk about <laughs> Oh, that was the other thing too, that we, we defined roles um, early in the company. I think that's a, a really valuable lesson for a lot of people is we didn't just guesswork. Like we all looked at our individual talents and then we looked at how we like our ownership, like our actual ownership in the company. And then um, it's primarily more Kyle and me and then Lee being a more subset of it. And then all sort of took on specific roles and made sure they were balanced and then uh, just sort of continued on. And then we naturally will do that. We'll like look at what needs to get done and we break it up in a way that's fair across the board. And so we're, we're conscious of it. And I think that helps a lot too, that we just were very supportive of one another and make sure the work is divided. So it's fair across the board and within our talent sets and that kind of thing. Also speaking of the sanity side of things, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you guys are close knit, your family, and Mm -hmm. there are always pros and cons to potentially working with family. So for instance, uh, for myself, you know, I come home, if I've had a bad day, I can vent to my fiance. My fiance comes home. She's had a bad day. She can vent to me. We don't always understand the, the language that the other one is speaking, but we understand the sentiment. But for you guys, especially Jeff and Lee, you know, if something's kind of making you boil a bit, as far as happy mitten is concerned, where do you kind of let off steam to make sure that you keep your sanity in that aspect? At each other anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first off, fiance, congrats. (laughs) Oh, thanks. (laughs) Lee, do you want to answer? I was a jerk this whole weekend. (laughs) You you can go first. (laughs) So about that. Yeah, he, well, yeah. So it's still the same because, uh, like anything, you know, in a marriage, you still should come to each other first. Like, even if Jeff and I weren't getting along or whatever outside of Happy Mitten, like, I'm not going to go, like, I might go talk to my mom or whatever, but I'm not going to go and complain to him about 
or complain to, you know, my girlfriends about him or anything like that. So with stuff that's frustrating within Happy Mitten, it's kind of the same. Like I, I come to him first and talk to him about it. And then if it's something that we need to bring Kyle in on, then, you know, we'll call him up for a meeting and he comes over. But yeah, Jeff has definitely taken on <laughs> jerk mode. Uh, sometimes and, you know, been frustrated at the way things are going or not going or like different things. And I'm the easiest person to kind of take it out on or like here with him all the time. So it has gotten ugly at some points um, when stress levels are high. And like right before launch, it was really, you know, we were really trying to get everything ready that needed to be done. And um, there was just a, a lot more that went into it then I think we realized and it was quite stressful you know a few days before and so it was just bound to kind of come out somewhere and when you're with the person for 24 hours a day it's gonna most likely be that person so but we get through it you know there's nothing like we haven't gotten through so I don't worry about it but it does kind of suck in the moment to not be on the same page together or be able to communicate as well as you want so yeah, I think the the fortunate thing for us specifically, we are on the same page the majority of the time. And then like Lee said, the, the fortunate thing about being home now is we've been forced to communicate more. And we were always really open with each other to begin with. And this pushed it even further. And so I'm actually really grateful. Like I definitely admit, say specifically this past weekend leading into it, there was a few moments where I, I was just a jerk and I did not respond well because I was, I was pissed about a couple of things. I didn't feel like we're being handled right. And I happened to take it out on her and that type of deal. So, I mean, if you're going to be completely transparent, that stuff will come up. But most of the time we handle it really well. And even, even when we're angry, we just take a little bit of time to calm down and then we come back to it. And, uh, I don't know. We, we both know that like neither of us are going anywhere. And so you just, you figure it out because you love the person and we're committed both as a married couple and as a business and you just do it. Also, our two-year-old, when we're fighting, if we <laughs> if we fight <laughs> in front of her sometimes, she like she hates it and you can just tell she's always like, she's the calm one down, like, calm, calm down, down, calm down. down. Wow. She's like in the middle of us, you know, with her hand up. Yeah, she'll put hands she up, palms out. Puts her hands up with her right. palms calm down, out. Calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> you just calm down. You calm down. You come. She's trying to like stop the fight. It's so adorably innocent and sweet. It just like melts my heart. Yeah, and that's really helpful too. I mean, if you so if you're gonna fight with your spouse, make sure there's a two year old around. It just it makes <laughs> no, things better. Hello, no, <laughs> let's not. I don't know if that sounded advocate right. or <laughs> arguing in front of children. No, I'm just no, saying no, 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 if, no, no. If it really helps you as the adult <laughs> to see a cute little person, oh but if it's an ugly two-year-old, then that probably wouldn't oh help. Is my guess? My oh my gosh, there's no God. such thing. There is absolutely such no, thing. No, no. I'm pretty sure I saw JT pop on Skype. Do we need to get him involved in this conversation? If we're gonna start <laughs> JT talking, hates children. Talk, that's that's why I'm gonna pull him in. <laughs> <laughs> He right. will love my children. Lee's made it you, you her say sole that. destiny <laughs> to make JT at some point love our kids. I'm actually convinced I think it will happen. I think one time in private, he's going to admit you have really cute kids, but then he'll never like own up to it again. Yeah. So I'm calling you out, JT. If you're listening to this, I know what you're thinking. Just do it, man. 
Uh, awesome. Let me take it up a notch here instead of trying to talk about, you know, being angry and all that good stuff. <laughs> so how about outside of gaming? What keeps you guys going and excited to kind of face the new day, if you will? Oh, that's not good. <laughs> no, we're, we're looking at each other. Who's gonna, you know, yeah. We're, we're, we're very depressed. <laughs> oh, intervention no, time. Nerve. I'm very happy. Um, you know, the things I stated earlier, my job and Happy Mitten takes up quite a great deal of my time. So I wake up every day, um, you know, trying to accomplish what I'm looking to do in both of those things. Um, I'm trying to do some pretty exciting things at my work that will really help uh, lower our costs and improve the business I work for. Um, and that'll mean a lot of great things for, you know, the people that I hang out with there every day, you know, we'll probably be able to make a little bit more money and maybe hire on some new people. Um, and since it's politically focused, it's kind of exciting to see how that pans out and you really feel like you're, uh, you know, doing something worthwhile. Um, and then the for fun thing is happy mitten and man, we've been having a riot with that. You know, just making this Kickstarter and we had never done anything like this before. Um, so, you know, like going to these local restaurants and shooting our Kickstarter video, um, it's not something that everyone does. And to have those experiences are pretty unique. And then also just launching our Kickstarter. You know, we'd never done a Kickstarter before and we just launched that yesterday. And yesterday was a pretty exciting day. We, we got a little over 3000 and backers. Um, which $3,000, not 3,000 backers. Oh yeah. $3,000 in backing. And, you know, I think that that's pretty exciting. We've never really done anything like that before. Um, and to see people talk about it on Facebook and Twitter is encouraging. So man, that, that, that was a really fun day that we just got through. So, yeah, I think Lee, you can add in too for us. Um, the, probably, I mean, if we're going to be honest again, the biggest thing would be our faith. It's been a, just a huge facet in who we are. And I don't know, I'm always a little leery to talk about it in a certain extent because some people feel alienated when you do. But as a whole, like it's, it's been a, just a major driving factor and we um, want to go out and help and we want to serve and we want to love well um, because just like we were loved first and that type of thing. And so that's always been sort of the foundation. And then from there, it's really helped us uh, point our lives in a direction that we want to go and live in a way that we want to live. And then to kind of go to the next layer, much like Kyle said, a lot of it comes down to those experiences where, I mean, financial gain is clearly nice, like it's helpful and it helps you live and money is a necessary thing. And so I'm not going to pretend that I just want to be some impoverished hermit in a cave or something, but the experiences are a big deal and it's cool to accomplish exciting things. And it'd be really easy to just sit in a, a, a day job and do the nine to five or whatever. Um, but to be able to take risks and attempt things like this, I mean, a lot of people are doing it now. You see Kickstarters all the time, but um, it's just different going through the process and it's always fun to try new things and attempt stuff and, uh, find success or whether you find success or failure, learn from it and then push on and continue. So I don't know. Do you want to add anything? Uh, I forgot what the question was because you guys <laughs> took a really long time. The, what, what motivates you like from a day to day? 
what's your inspiring thing to get up in the morning and oh like for happy mitten or just in life life just, just in general yeah i mean it's i started out with outside of gaming but i mean if it really is focused around happy mitten that is absolutely cool as well yeah i mean i, I would definitely second what jeff said uh faith is a huge driving force and um then closely followed by family uh just husband and the children that I tend to and help raise tiny human beings to be a part of the world. <laughs> I would even extend family too to our friends. Like we have a really great community here where we live. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but I don't know that that's like a motivation. I mean, I don't know. You don't think I guess- so? I don't know. It's it's kind of. What she's saying is she hates her friends. No. <laughs> well, I, I I know that firsthand. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say faith and family first, and then closely followed by friends. No, that that's cool. And, uh, and that's again, because you... I all about the Benjamins, baby. <laughs> nice. And clearly, you guys are are raising a little peacemaker. So <laughs> well done. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and you know. I, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. I think there's very few people that actually know it. But like for me personally, and I'll, I'll kind of share this too here, is my day starts with my alarm clock is the podcast proper's intro music. And it, it's silly and it's stupid, but it just it, it starts my day and I start thinking, you know, about the listeners and what I can do f- for yeah. the community and stuff, even you know, even though it's really getting me up to go to my, you know, quote unquote day job. Right. But that it's just those little things like that. And it just kind of starts my day reminding me of the cool people like you guys that I know in the gaming community. So it's just kind of helps me get motivated and know, you know, hey, I've got, you know, X number of hours to do editing and all that good stuff, but it's for a good cause. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Podcasting is a lot of fun and, you know, it's almost therapeutic in a way. Well, speaking of podcasting, let's kind of go there for a second. I mean, you guys, again, you, you've got the, the blog side of Happy Mitten Games and did that, that started first, right? You guys started doing that first. Is that what you're talking about? That's, that's not, what is that? Um, <laughs> what are you I, doing? I think is, she was trying to music? find the music you were waking up to. What? what I oh. looked up podcast. What did you say it was? It's the intro to our main podcast, the All Us Geeks podcast. Oh, your <laughs> intro. Oh, yeah. okay. I was looking up whatever you said. I Googled it. And Kyle, then, take your phone away. I'm not close that, enough to read you. And then that came up. You should so. just cut that out. It'll probably like, pull you from iTunes because it's copyrighted <laughs> or something. It was less than 15 seconds, so we're That's good. That's totally a lie. That is not true. Oh, that's true. It's true. You cannot use something if it's there, under 15 there, seconds. No, certain, that is BS. A second no way. Yeah, Happy yeah, birthday no. to no, you. No, stop it. Disney <laughs> owns that. Lee, what are you doing? <laughs> Disney will come and hunt you down. Oh. All right, oh. so I used I used okay. to do a podcast called All Us Geeks, and thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was kind of going to go into there is you guys started the the blog part of Happy Mitten Games first, right before the podcast, uh, like a week before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so pretty pretty yeah. close. It originally was we'll do a podcast one week and a blog another, and that lasted quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we do the podcast every other week, and we do the blog whenever we feel inspired to do one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or we ask other people to come blog for us because that's way less work. 
Right. Uh, preach. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of start like one of my former hobbies. Well, I say former because I just don't get a lot of time to do it right now, but was writing. So I, I like to write, but podcasting is kind of consumed. You know, I, I, I used to write and I used to do a lot of game design and podcasting has consumed me to the point where like, I don't really hardly do either of those two things. So I've got at least like four drafts of things on the back end of our website. It's like, I hope I'll get back to those someday. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a, especially the editing, the front end yes. is fine. So easy. But the editing and the aftermath, it's like we, we've actually done more to outsource that a bit just so we can focus on what we need to where on one hand, I really love it. But on the flip side, it's very time consuming. People underestimate if you want to put together a good show, it takes time. Right. It's yeah, there's so and, and that's actually one of the like when people start asking me about doing a podcast and stuff and a lot of people give the advice of record one or two to see if, you know, if, if it's something you're interested in. I always tell people, you know what, go that extra step, edit those two as well, because if you can put up with that piece, then this is something you want to do. Yeah, recording's fine. I mean, you can get through that. Everybody at the beginning, everybody hates their own voice and everything, but you just kind of get over those things. It's like you got to think about it. If you are you going to really commit to every week, even an hour? I mean, you got to think about it. Like, if you're good, if you're really good at editing, you might be able to pull off an hour podcast and edit it probably in an hour and a half. Um, and so it's not only, I mean, that's two and a half hours gone every single week if you want a weekly podcast and that's if you're good. So I don't know. I feel like it's really underestimated. So I suck. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> For the podcast side of things, I guess what I was going to kind of get into, basically anytime I start either having a conversation about the Happy Mitten Games podcast, which believe it or not, I actually do have those conversations, guys. Huh. <laughs> I, I always kind of instantly go into this, you know, it's genius. I, I think what you guys have put together is genius. It really is. And from the aspect of you guys were starting a company to pr- start producing games and you basically invite a bunch of people on to help learn the process. And so you give great content to other people that want to know that, but it also puts a lot of great knowledge in your you know, wheelhouse. And yeah. I, th- I thought that was just an absolutely beautiful thing, the way that you guys went about doing that. So has that always kind of been the way you wanted the podcast side of things to go? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I think a lot of that's unexpected. The primary the, the learning thing, the learning thing was unexpected. We've picked it up pretty quick, but it was not the original intention. Yeah. I'd say the... Um, you know, again, I can't speak for Jeff and Lee, but I, I viewed the original intention of it all to be a way to market Happy Mitten. Uh, we didn't really have, uh, a following of people at all. And we felt that we'd be able to, we, we wouldn't be very successful if we tried to launch a game without people knowing, you know, who we are, you know, as people. So we're like, Hey, the easiest way to do that, uh, may be a podcast because then they can get to know us and, you know, we can just be really personal and upfront with everyone. And I think something that's unexpected, but a pretty obvious thing that has also happened is, uh, how much we've learned from everyone that we've talked to. So in terms of anything that we've ever done this far, you know, I, I think the podcast was maybe the most unexpected, um, positive. I mean, uh, I feel very fulfilled through 
what we've done there. And I think it's been the most successful thing that we've done this far. You know, hopefully our, mo- our new most successful thing is, uh, publishing. <laughs> so that's what, what we really, uh, what makes money. Yeah. That's kind of what yeah. this podcasting doesn't make money. <laughs> Only if you're the secret cabal and you have a Patreon account or you get paid $300 yeah. per episode or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah, Someday. we have the most amount of fun creating stuff and, you know, whether it's through the podcast or the game, um, you know, we're able to scratch that itch and, um, you know, the game in particular has been quite a process and, you know, I, I think we all feel very accomplished through what it currently is and, uh, you know, we'd love to see it come together on Kickstarter uh, so we, we can make it happen because we think it's really neat and it's been a lot of fun to make. No. Lee, were you going to say something? You looked like you were about the podcast. I was just going to say, yeah, I think for me, the first thing, I mean, I know it was going to be like a marketing, like, hey, this is who we are. Like, we, like, hi. But then I, I feel like for me, the number one thing was to bring value to the community through the content that we were providing. Just because I think we researched a bit and I don't know how many other um, podcasts take it from the angle that we do of, you know, not only talking about board games, but more on the side of the business. Um, I, I mean, I don't listen to a lot of board game podcasts. <laughs> um, but, uh, I thought we did have definitely a unique angle. And then, I mean, we even heard in the beginning, you know, having the female voice was a huge plus as well, because there, there weren't many, um, for a while. So, um, that was also a good thing, but I, I definitely feel like the number one thing was adding the value back into the community. Yeah. I mean, that was, I, I agree with both Kyle and Lee value. That was our strategy. Give back before we ask for anything, but the default, like you nailed it with, we learned so much and we're at a point where we have enough experience under our belt now that it's really easy to just pretty much ask whoever we want to. And we're even beginning, we're starting to talk about expanding a little bit into, um, like, hopefully I got to wait, I'm going to hear back from them tomorrow, but we're going to expand a little bit in the sense of finding other board game junkies, but that are possibly working in other businesses and then figuring out what lessons we can learn from their industries to make the board game industry better. And so that's kind of the tentative next step to maybe have one of those episodes every once in a while uh, filtered in along with our normal content to continue to just push the envelope and find ways to improve and better the industry and just look at look at other industries that we can learn from that it may be doing different facets better than we are and how we can uh, continue to grow. So it's been really fun. We've learned so much and it's just been a really great time. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty cool. Actually, I'd, I'd be interested in, in you guys tackling that as well. Cause every once in a while I do that here as well for the game of crowdfunding. I've talked to people that do, uh, comic kickstarters and video game kickstarters because at, at the end of the, the day, I think there's probably something there that we can all kind of learn of the different aspects of people approaching kickstarter. Uh, and, and hopefully bring it into, you know, most of our listening audience for, for these are indie game designers, but I, you know, the Kickstarter process is the Kickstarter process and, and every facet of it, every category of it might do something a little bit different than maybe we haven't thought of yet. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's even something you mentioned earlier, how we're producing funding the dream. And part of that is I've been scheduling a lot of his interviews. So anybody that's been a long time listener, 
maybe has noticed over the past couple of months, like the, the range of the type of people he's talking to is expanding a little bit. And that's been an intentional move uh, based on something that Richard and I both decided would be good because he wants to be more of a Kickstarter podcast. And even though his roots are in board games and a good majority of his audience are in board games, anybody that needs to go to Kickstarter has to have some sort of understanding of business and marketing and that type of thing. And so it's a matter of I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's just so important when you look for inspiration in any industry, you see a lot of the pioneers looking elsewhere, um, in different places than their own industry because there's almost a sort of like glass ceilings built in of, Hey, this is the norm. This is the norm. And every once in a while you find these Kickstarters that just break everything that you thought was quote unquote normal. And then you start to reevaluate again what is actually possible. And so um, I think it's incredibly valuable to keep those things in mind. I've got two things swimming around in my head that I want to try to cover. And then we'll switch over to start talking about the project itself. Is that cool? Yeah, that's fine. All right. Lead the way. So the, the first thing, because you, you guys are actually a, a good group to talk to about this, because it's been a while since I've had somebody on that's just strictly kind of focused in more on the publishing side. But... One of the conversations I tend to have a lot in these interviews is because I'm always curious about where people fall and why they fall there is the spectrum of I've had people on that are full blown. I absolutely positively love designing games and Kickstarter and self-publishing is a necessary evil to everything in between all the way down to I've had uh, one other person on way back. I think when, almost like when we first started doing these, it was like, yeah, we we were not good. We just, we tried designing. We decided we're not going to design. We really love the publishing side though. So that's what we focused on. So I, I, I know the answer because I've heard it several times already, but you know, where do you guys fall in and why do you think you fall into that area so well? <laughs> just tell the story. What did we start doing and then totally stop? What do you mean? Design. Well, right. You, you, oh, yeah. you, you no, guys thought... started to design a game. Yeah. You, okay. So you've heard the story. Right. I, I've heard the story and, and I'm not necessarily, I, I don't necessarily want you guys to have to retell the story, but maybe more of a, like, was there a moment where it really did click for you guys that you're like, you know what? Publishing is our thing and that's what we really want to focus in on. Yeah, there was. Um, I mean, in the beginning, it definitely was like, guys, we can do this. It's, it's going to be so easy. And then, um, cause we had thrown around some ideas for design. Uh, you know, everybody knows my dead of winter, Isaac Vega. Oh story. gosh. Would you just go back to like the original <laughs> actual thing? It was stolen. It was stolen. But it's going to be a cage fight between you and John and Isaac. And then I'm going to be a widow, a widower or whatever. By the time it's over. So you're going to stop uh, trash talking people on other Oh, podcasts. mama bear will come out uh, guns blazing. You have to make that a pay-per-view. so there was definitely you know i remember like when we first started it's so funny even to look back in like jeff's like board game journal now there's designs in there that we talked about yeah (laughs) there was so many theme like developments that we were starting to work on and like how it would be and like it's just really funny to go back and look at that and be like wow like we were actually gonna try to do that and um I really don't know how long we stuck with that. Maybe a month or two or so. I feel like we were hashing things out for a couple months. And then 
it just started really sinking in like, okay, this is not going anywhere like this. If we really want to actually publish a game like we're talking about, we really just kind of need to step outside of ourselves, realize that we're not good designers and, um, you know, give it to the professionals that do this and, you know, have them take it from there and, and give us a game. And then we'll, you know, we'll do what we do best and, um, you know, then we'll be successful. So, yeah, a huge piece of it was the time. I remember really distinctly, even Kyle and I sitting down, we had a game originally that was like, Hey, let's base this game. And thematically it could be mixing drinks and you get different ingredient cards and then you can make drinks and the drinks are worth different points. And okay, that's cool. And then we went and then the next phase was like, uh, people might not like drinks. So let's make it smoothies. And we can have like banana cards and strawberry cards. And so we're like going through this process. And then we were just sitting here and I think we just come both were like, what the heck are we doing? This is stupid. Like we want to, <laughs> we don't want to sit and spend all this time designing and developing and all of this. Like it's so much work. And so there's, I, I've heard it before. It's, you see very few people. There's not many people that are successfully designing their own board games and running a publishing company on top of it. And for the sake of going back to your original thing of sanity, <laughs> we absolutely chose let's publish like that's what we want to do we want to run a business we want to market we want to actually come up with a plan we want to work with people and collaborate and automate and all these things publishing's where it's at that's what we want to do and i don't regret it at all it was it was a very easy decision for me i just had a meeting with a uh, somebody that's kind of uh young and hopeful the other day uh about designing and producing his own game, doing some self-publishing and stuff. And I, I strongly recommend it to him. I'm like, I'd pick one if I were you. If, if you want to be a designer, like put it, go all in on designing. And if you want to actually make your games, that's another story. And you might want to reconsider designing your own stuff. Well, I always kind of go with the, as gamers, there's almost two things that everybody thinks they could do. And now I think you can kind of make it three thanks to Kickstarter. And every gamer thinks that they can make their own game. Every gamer thinks they can run the ultimate gaming store. And now I think every gamer thinks that they can be a publisher and, and, you know, take that game that they think they can design and take it on there. And the reality is not the same as the fantasy ever. <laughs> yeah. And, and especially like the game store thing, cause it always cracks me up how many people don't understand that that's retail. You're getting into retail. You're not. Yeah, it's insane. I, I don't even, I, that's just, even the, the idea of opening a brick and mortar store, man, your business plan would have to be flipping amazing for me to even <laughs> consider the investment and the overhead to open something like that. So the, the, uh, we can, we can honestly say opening a board game store has never <laughs> been on our table. Um, what? Cause I've talked about, it's never been on my table. Not okay. Not specifically I would, like I would a. Never do that. No, not just board games. Leandro, but Jeffrey, you're fired. What has my idea been? What is my? What have I always talked about? You want to do what several other cities are yeah, already like doing? Board game about cafe. A board game you know, cafe. like we're not bar. actually going to do that. You just board talk game about cafe it. bar. You know, in the daytime, you drink coffee and have have like a light lunch or even have like no a way. cereal shelf. I thought yep. it was so cool to have Trust like me. old school cereals up there. You can have a bowl of cereal and play a board game. Like how cool is that? And then at nighttime, you have drinks and like drinks, pizza, and and rent a board game. We're just you can write it all down and somebody else can do it and we'll go there because that would, I would hate to actually manage that. 
Well, it was another brilliant idea from the brain of Leandra Large. Right. Well, you can pass it off to Josh Bricker, who just recently opened a Canada. Tell Josh all your secrets. Josh, if you're listening. <laughs> serve weird retro cereal. Yeah. God, God bless you, son. Stay strong. <laughs> All right. So the last thing I wanted to cover before we kind of get into specifics of the project and, and all that stuff, but it kind of ties into the project. I know like Matt Warden has done a lot of play testing and I know you, you guys, especially after you signed it and everything else have done an amazing amount of play testing as well to get this game ready. So what do you guys use as a litmus test to say, you know what? This game is done. Let's take it to the next level and put it on Kickstarter. I'd say there's a sense of urgency and maybe some of the feedback you're getting. Um, first off, if you're going to play test with people and then ask them what they think and what they feel that should be improved, I feel like the problem is you're always going to get an answer. So because of that, there's this element of never really knowing when you're finished. So it's really hard to find a balance between what actually needs to be addressed and changed and um, when you're actually finished. So that's actually a very difficult question to know. But I would say there, there's kind of a sense of what's a serious problem and what's a non-serious problem. Um, and I'd say maybe if the, the problem involves game mechanics, you know, that would be a serious problem. But if the problem involved, um, hey, can you change the font? I don't particularly like this font. Um, now you know that Okay, things are improving now. The the issues that people are having are a little bit less important, and uh, this might be ready. Um, and also, you just want to get a general sense of what the majority of the people are. Uh, you know, if you play test it with a hundred people, uh, you're inevitably going to have some that don't like it, and some that have uh, you know uh, recommendations on how you can fix it. Um, but you kind of have to find a balance between all right, but the majority of the people. Uh, you know, didn't have those problems and they had a great time. So you kind of use maybe like the number of people and the uh, importance of the issues they're bringing up as a gauge of when you're finished. Um, and that's just what we do personally. I'm sure a lot of people have, you know, other ways, uh, but that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, to even uh, to expand on that a little bit more for the people that are interested, there's definitely a balance, I would say, between the facts and the opinions as well, because you have things that may work or not work mathematically or logically. And then you also have the feel of the game that you're going for. And that came up a few times too, where something might either look right or not look right based on the numbers, but how it played and how it actually felt when you were playing maybe became more important than necessarily well, logically speaking, this isn't the best scenario. And so you kind of have to weigh that out as well. Um, and then I'm going to give props to Matt right now too, because I was able to work with him at Protospiel. Actually, you were there as well. And watching him interpret what he had for his intentions of the game and what was actually happen, happening versus what was perceived. And he was, he was really good about being able to point out like, Mm, that person has a point or eh, that person doesn't get it and be able to rightfully dismiss specific opinions, um, kind of like what Kyle alluded to. And so, I mean, ultimately what it comes down to as the designer or the publisher is you have to make the final call and it's not going to please everybody. And you have to think about who your target market is, who is your game for, and then stay true to that as much as possible. 
Yep, that's great. And that's a, you put it really well there because we always kind of stress the filtered feedback. I mean, you definitely accept feedback, but you definitely need to filter it because you can't do everything for everybody. There's yeah, no you'll, way. You'll just have to wash if that's the case. Like if you're going to try to listen and address everybody's feedback, you're not going to have a, you're going to have a game that nobody likes versus I'd rather have a game that might make a couple people upset, but you have a, a good group of people that might be very strongly passionate about it. So, I mean, I'd, I'd rather go niche than general anytime when it comes to this sort of thing. All right, so here we go. Somebody from the Happy Mitten crew, give me the elevator pitch for Ether Magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ether Magic is a fantasy-themed auctioning and set collection game for three to six players. <laughs> Plays in 45 minutes. That's our elevator pitch. Um, the game itself, what really drew us to the game initially was the game's auctioning mechanic. And to just explain how the game uh, is uh, to those that may not know, uh, what the theme is, is you're playing with a bunch of mages um, and the ether portal has opened up. And in the ether portal, you're able to use this ether that you're grabbing from it uh, to forge into magical elements. Um, and then you use those magical elements to cast spells. And the goal with the spells is to accumulate the most magnificent spells possible to get the victory points and be deemed the ultimate awesome baller master mage. So that that's where a lot of the fun is. But there's this element where you're grabbing the ether from the ether portal and you're keeping the ether that you want and then trading um, the other ether uh, with the players. Um, and then the other players can give you maybe the magical elements that they've already forged or some of the runes that they have specific to that mage um, and they can trade it with you. Um, and... There's no like real value on what you're trading other than what it helps you to cast uh, in terms of the spells and in terms of getting the magical elements you need to cast the spells. So every mage's thing that they're looking for is going to be different. So what's valuable to you might not be valuable to the other mage. And also you're paying attention to how the other mages are doing. So maybe one guy's doing good. So even though he is giving you what you want... Uh, you say, forget you, you know, you're doing really well. You're getting the victory points you need and you're casting these awesome spells. So I need to shut you down. And in that auctioning mechanic, you know, we ha we've had some really great back and forth and, you know, just people playfully yelling at one another and trying to, to screw each other over. And, you know, it, it, it's just been this lighthearted feel where you have that element of like forced player interaction but then also the game's light enough where you can have this table talk throughout the entire game. And then before you know it, it's over and you can decide to, you know, play another game of Ether Magic or uh, maybe bring out another great game from your shelf. So it's this great game, you know, if you're playing against uh, people that maybe don't play board games a lot. Uh, you need something a little bit more casual that you can explain really fast. And it's this fun fantasy themed of you're a mage and you get to check out all this cool artwork and talk with one another throughout. So it's the kind of game that we like. That's why we, we wanted to move forward with it. And we think it's awesome. So <laughs> clearly, it's, it's, in a uh, nutshell. <laughs> No, it, it definitely is a great game. And, uh, I know you guys have 
rethemed it for the magic side and we won't get into the whole retheme story there are a couple great places you can hear more about that especially uh happy mitten games episode 50 was amazing while we're uh in here i, I definitely got to give a shout out to mark specter because he did a great job interviewing you guys yeah, uh, yes. I, I had to pause the interview and actually let him know right away i was like dude this was awesome you, you did a great job yeah, he, he asked me, he uh, messaged me about it. He's like, have you been hearing good things about this? I'm like, yes, you did a great job. <laughs> Just accept it. It turned out terrific. I'm so happy with it. Yeah. Okay. But I, I've actually sat in on this game in various incarnations. <laughs> and I've seen things like uh, the Kirby brothers try to uh, form an alliance against the rest of the table. That didn't work out, I think, too well for them. And the auction mechanic that these guys are talking about is pretty cool in that, you know, normally what you're seeing in most auctions is most wins. Uh, and that is definitely not the case in Ether Magic. And I, I know Matt has kind of talked to me off to the side a couple of times. He's like, I, I really like when you do those small bids that you know somebody will bite on Jeff because I he, he's like I think that's a point when some people around the table finally get that it's not a all in auction style thing because mm-hmm. you can do a smaller bid but if it's what somebody's you, if you know that's what they're looking for they're going to take that over a handful of of something else from somebody else potentially I, exactly yeah <laughs> So yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. I do love the the auction and the the auction mechanic and the social side of this game as well. It's it's definitely a a, a well done game. And between you guys getting the retheme in and Matt helping you guys get the retheme in, uh, and and keeping the essence of the game that I originally played, uh, I think this is amazing. And I'm glad to finally see it kind of hit Kickstarter. Well, thanks. We really appreciate that. And, you know, Matt's been such a trooper through all this and kind of a design genius, really. His his original design was a lot of fun. Um, And even though we wanted to change up some things, he was all on board and helped us with that, Um, you know, and he was really up for anything. So I think he's a true professional and we're so happy and lucky to be able to work with someone like him for this game. Now, I know you guys have kind of had a long journey coming to Kickstarter, but first up front, I I definitely want to applaud you guys for taking the time and making sure you put out the Kickstarter project that you wanted to, because I don't know how many people come to me for consulting and they're like, well, I've already said I would do this next week and I don't have anything ready. And it's like, well, then you're not doing it next week. (laughs) Don't do that. It hurts when I do this. Don't do that. You know, I, I know it's probably felt pretty draining for you guys and a, a long process because uh, you've had to get a lot of things in place. And I know you had originally wanted to launch this a lot sooner, but I have to think now that it's launched, now that you've waited this time, it must feel pretty good to know that you've put out a project that you wanted to put out. Yeah, uh, we absolutely are proud of it. But it's hard. Kyle and I had a conversation a little while ago because it's like we know what we put into it, but the audience doesn't necessarily know what we put into it. And so there's part of you that kind of just wonders, like, was it worth it? But at the same time, going back to the like personal 
was it worth it? Absolutely. Like, I mean, we, we put a lot of work going into this, but we have a product that we are very happy to sell and to put out there and feel extremely confident in and are super glad how everything shaped yeah. up. We took a lot of time to make sure all our ducks were in a row. And we, we've had that pointed out to us as well. And I've talked about it before where it's like, Hey, you've taken a long time. What's, what's going on? Cause you get other projects, like you see companies pop up and then just show up with a game and, and sometimes they fund and sometimes they don't. And it's like, that's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to see what really went into it, put forth the effort to begin with. And then moving forward, hopefully we can just recreate the process a lot faster now that we understand it. And I mean, there's, this is still, honestly, this is still kind of the beginning. Kickstarter is just the first step to actually what publishing board games is all about in right. getting into distribution and, and figuring out manufacturing and printing and all this stuff. I mean, we have a lot of stuff that we need to do still, but everything up to now, we have a pretty solid understanding because we took our time and it's nothing clearly. I mean, we wish both of, I think all three of us wish that it would have went a little quicker, but I don't think we regret it either because we've learned a lot through the entire process. Right now, obviously the focus is on ether magic and we're waiting for that to fund and it will fund. It's a, it's an awesome game. Again, definitely go check it out everybody but what what's on the horizon after ether magic and and after obviously going through the manufacturing and publishing side of things do you have other things that you're kind of looking at for the future yeah we definitely have things um that we've been looking at which you know could turn out to be future games so uh we, we certainly have all that stuff. And what Jeff mentioned with distribution, I mean, there's always things for us to think about and learn more about. Uh, and, you know, that kind of goes back to the whole chasing and experience type thing. I mean, we're always looking for that next thing and we're excited to reach that point. That said, um, you know, we launched Ether Magic yesterday, um, you know, and we had a really solid first day and we're still in that 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 project phase. So we have another, you know, what is it? 27 days to go. Yeah. At the time of this recording to go now, mm-hmm. um, at the time of this recording, there's still a long road ahead. Um, you know, we could really use as much support as we can. Um, you know, this project is kind of crucial in order for us to continue doing what we're doing. Uh, and I'm not going to look ahead, uh, without, uh, tackling the task at hand. So if you've enjoyed what we're doing, uh, you know, I encourage you to check out Ether Magic on Kickstarter and, and back. And maybe if you feel the game's not for you, um, but you do like what we're doing and maybe think the, the project looks cool, um, you know, share it with your friends, you know, shares go a long way as well, you know, so I think there's still so much for us to learn, um, you know, and, and we definitely have our, our ducks in a row in terms of the shipping and, you know, how we need to plan our costs and what we need to do and who we need to talk to when that time does come. But there's still plenty for us to learn and we're not taking any of this for granted. Um, but, you know, we, we need to rally the community together to, to find the people that would enjoy Ether Magic and support us in that way because, um, you know, this is the first time that we've done this in a couple of years. Uh, and maybe we did wait too long, but, um, you know, all of that is in hindsight and we got this, you know, it's go time right now. Um, and, and we could use your guys' help. Yeah, it's, it's real at this point. We have uh, print and play available and, and some other things if you want to check it out and play it before you back it. Cause I know even as a consumer myself, like a lot of the time I'm hesitant to back, but we're, we're all in at this point and we want to support you as the community and the gamer. 
And we try to do it in a lot of different ways, like we already discussed. And this is the moment where either it's, if you want to help, it's, it's just a matter of pledging or promoting one of the two. And that's really what it comes down to. So it's not like we're going to sugarcoat anything. We can't do this without you. You have to show us that the demand is there and that what we're doing is real and that you want it. And so act one way or the other. That's what we need. Yeah, I was going to uh, wait and back on the interview here, but I couldn't wait. I backed yesterday, so I, I apologize for not bringing that drama to the <laughs> no, we appreciate to the interview. But yeah. I got to say, you know, when I went to back, I was a little disappointed. I did not see my glitter bag option. Okay, look, there, <laughs> if you if you look, oh, all right, for just to let people in the inside scoop, there's going to be a few jokes you see thrown around. One will be crown royal bags. Two will be glitter bags, and the last one will be punching pumas. Um, Now, to specifically address the glitter, if you look at the teal-colored ether, it's kind of sparkly. That was something I requested just for you guys from our graphic designer. So I don't want to hear this nonsense that glitter was not incorporated into the game. So here's the deal. I was... Face on the balance card, he looks like a puma if you squint really hard. If you squint really hard, nice. <laughs> Which, you know, the, the puma isn't actually part of this game, but that's, no, that's but all right. It somehow became part of this game. <laughs> but that's all right. You what got, was you, what was, yeah, what was that all about? Abbottsville. Uh, Matt, Matt's game he was testing at Protospiel, Abbottsville. It had when to did, do with, when did you guys talk about tacos? About tacos oh, the tacos. No, that, yeah. that was just, me being hungry before recording last night. <laughs> That's why I was like, when did we, like, I was trying to remember all of Protoshield and I was like, was I really just like gone at that Weird. point? Cause I don't remember tacos coming up at all. Uh, it was, I told you, I, I explained it. it I, I'm about to record. It's Tuesday. I just want tacos now. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually at the Gen Con and hanging out with Matt when he was going to give you guys <laughs> the prototype to take okay. home and he was super concerned about giving you guys the christmas glitter bag <laughs> i'm really glad he changed it out i would and, have been yeah he was running around trying to find a spare bag from somebody i think he might have gotten it from chevy if i yes, remember right Chevy gave him the crown royal bag that he had apparently in his car or truck or whatever uh, all right well you, you know it, since you guys are so happy about it i won't let you in on the fact that i told him no leave the glitter bag <laughs> <laughs> Give him the glitter bag. That's that's the most yeah, amazing well, part of this the, game. Well, that decision led to the sparkly <laughs> teal ether coin in our Kickstarter. So thanks for that. You know what? Here, I always like to ask this one and give you guys a, a chance to to answer it. So you know, if somebody's listening to this interview. Uh, they're very interested in at least checking out the Kickstarter page for Ether Magic. They let's say pause, whatever, go over there. Uh, bring up Ether Magic. They start looking at it and they go, I think I might be on board with this, but I'm not quite sure. What would you tell those people to get them on board and have them say, you know what? You're absolutely right. I have to back this project right now. Well, what I'd recommend is for them to contact us, um, you know, info at happymitten.com or, you know, we're Jeff, Lee, and Kyle at happymitten.com if you want to talk to us specifically. In- individually. Not individually. All in, not all in one email. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Lee, um, and Kyle at. You know, um, everyone has their specific Is that reason. the uh, Oxford but- comma or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of the Oxford comma. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, I mean, we got a Twitter page and we got email. So if you are on the fence, feel free to reach out to us personally and maybe uh, get whatever clarified you need or, you know, whatever you're on the fence about. Um, otherwise, you know, we have that how to play video on the Kickstarter and uh, try to describe everything pretty nice. Um, so if you have any concerns, feel free to reach out to us. It's important to be vocal about that kind of stuff because from our perspective right now, we have the perfect project. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If we don't hear anything, we've done it the exact way that we think it needed to be done. So uh, if there's a downside or a concern that you have, please vocalize it. Um, you know, it's not going to offend us. It's only going to make us better. So <laughs> yeah, if anybody's um, listened to us at all, you realize you that know, we like honesty. So yeah. if, if tell you're, us, <laughs> if you're on the fence, you know, I encourage you to break that wall of just communicating with us directly through our Twitter or email, or, um, I think if you, you've got it back like a dollar, but then you can get on the comments of the, the Kickstarter. Um, we would really value that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing would be play the print and play. I don't know if you're a print and play type, um, but I just talked to our friend today, Kevin, and he was able to print it off and put it together within an hour. I've actually before what I was doing last minute before this started was I was reconstructing the print and play file so that it's all nice. Uh, and, and that type of thing, Matt Loomis, shout out to him. He helped with the original construction of it. And then I added a few tweaks. Uh, so I'd say that. And in general, um, like Kyle said, the two main selling points would be the, the way the auction works. And I would, I, I also always advocate for the cleverness of the spells. The game is really cool because things have a uh, different value to people as it goes. But at the same time, the goal is the same that you want to cast the best amount of best and most spells that you can. And so as the game will progress, um, it just it, it intensifies and you're able to chain more spells together and that type of thing. And your resources grow. And so, I mean, clearly we're fans of it. It's, it's the game that we signed is the game that we are at Kickstarter with now. And, and so, uh, I don't know. Hopefully that helps. I would say. If you're on the fence, I will find you personally and kill your dog. <laughs> well, that got dark quick. <laughs> I'll kill your dog. What? <laughs> what is that from? First of all, because that's the first thing that came to mind is like, I will hunt you down and kill all your dogs. Oh gosh. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Oh, is that Wizard of Oz? Is it Wizard of no. like, And your little dog. No, 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 no. There's a no. different movie or episode oh, of something. We're gonna have to link this in your show notes, Jeff, when we remember <laughs> I know what there you're talking about. At first I thought you like, were insane. I will kill your dogs. You know what I like I can see the person saying it, but so that's what I will do. So don't be on the fence, just just get it. Just buy the All right, there you go. Gosh, your dogs won't die, people. <laughs> just think about our game. Consider it. Zoe, Sadie, you're safe. I pledge. <laughs> little little rover is quite all right. <laughs> all right. Is there anything that you guys want to make sure we cover before I give a wrap up or I, I have you guys uh, give out your info? No, just thank you. I mean, thanks for taking the time. It's so nice. So much less work to go on other people's podcasts. Just whatever they're asking us. <laughs> so, I mean, huge thank you for that. Huge thank you for opening your community to us. I hope that we were able to provide some value and some insight from the things that we've learned. 
And uh, like we've kind of already alluded to in general, uh, we're, we're definitely here to help. We've learned a lot through the process. We're open to communication. Um, feel free to check out our work at happymitten.com, um, whether it's our podcast or any of our blogs, or if you do have a question in general, uh, we, we get them quite often. Uh, probably the best place to go for that would be info at happymitten.com. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, all us geeks. <laughs> this has been awesome. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I also was on the podcast. <laughs> All right, thanks guys. So I'm going to do the wrap up here, ladies and gentlemen. Ether Magic is on Kickstarter right now. Happy Mitten Games is looking for $25,000. As of this recording, they have almost $3,700 and it goes until March 10th, 2015. The designer is Matt Warden. It's no surprise to anybody that's listened that he is a friend of mine. So I'm slightly biased, but I'm not biased because everybody knows I like to give my honest opinion, uh, despite who my friends are. And, uh, and sometimes they're not real thrilled with that either. But in this case, Ether Magic is a game that I have played before it was Ether Magic and after it became Ether Magic. And I have loved it through its entire journey. Uh, and I have personally backed this project as well. So I definitely encourage everybody to at least go check it out. And again, share it if you can. We've shared it out a couple times already, and I will continue to probably do that throughout the project. So one more time, Ether Magic, and that is A-E-T-H-E-R, just in case. Uh, Ether Magic is on Kickstarter right now, going until March 10th, 2015. Go check it out. One more time, guys. Thank you very much for hanging out with me and having this conversation this evening. I greatly appreciate you guys coming on to the podcast. Oh, uh, thank you. It's it's been a lot of fun, and you know, it's it's nice to get pampered every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening to what we have to say. And of course, I will be back soon. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find the Game Crafter Official Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to the tabletop game print-on-demand company, The Game Crafter, and its growing community. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.